It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It is great to have you here. Now, this episode is going live the Monday before Black Friday. So I'm assuming that you're all a bit crazy busy doing whatever it is you're you've chosen to do for your Black Friday. And let's face it, November's pretty busy anyway. So in this episode, we are getting into the startup world and the beauty world, and we are definitely further on the lines of inspiration and thought provoking than we are, here's 20 million tasks for you to do in your business. Because I figured this week of all weeks, you didn't need me to be putting live an episode that's going to give you a massive to-do list. So please listen, get inspired. I have awesome guests who are doing some amazing things coming up in this episode. Yes, it's a two-guest episode. And make sure you listen right to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on their top tips uh, and my own take on this episode. Getting an online business off the ground is not easy. So if you find yourself working late, tackling a to-do list that's a mile long with your fifth cup of coffee by your side, remember, great email doesn't have to be complicated. That's what Klaviyo is for. It's the email and SMS platform built to help e-commerce brands earn more money by creating genuine customer relationships. Once you set up a free Klaviyo account, you can start sending beautiful branded messages in minutes, thanks to drag and drop design templates and built-in guidance. And with e-commerce specific recommendations and insights, you can keep growing your business as you go. Get started with a free account at klaviyo.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's special guests. Lola Kaywood and Carol Lathbridge are the co-founders of Tawani Heritage, the UK's first retailer of recyclable synthetic hair extensions. They sell their 100% biodegradable and plastic-free products via their Shopify store and marketplaces. Founded in 2018 and launched in 2020, they are deep in startup land and have already helped over 400 customers in the UK. Hello, Lola and Carol. Hello. Thank you for having us. Awesome to have you on uh, on the show and to shine a light on your business. Um, how did you end up in e-commerce? So, um, how did we end up in e-commerce? Well, um, we basically came up with the idea for Tuani Heritage, you mentioned back in 2018. And the idea was really to launch a range of hair extensions that really celebrated Afro and curly hair textures. That was really our focus and our intention, um, born out of some frustrations that we had both experienced separately and together. And ultimately, we knew that doing it online was probably the best the best way to serve as many people as possible. We felt that the UK um, options were quite limited and we really wanted to make a difference there. So we launched our business and here we are. <laughs> In the intro, I mentioned that you've got recyclable synthetic hair extensions and 100% biodegradable and plastic free, which may have had some of our more keenly eared listeners going, what? what? They're recycling plastic and it's plastic free? I don't understand. But literally, although you only launched last year, you sorry, in 2020 even, so two years ago, 
you've already done a massive product development. So could you tell us a little bit about each of the different products you're offering? So it took about two years from, you know, registering the, the business and literally doing a whole load of market research, focus groups. Um, we can tell you how many focus groups we actually <laughs> did during that time. And um, just to add to that, Lola and I have, you know, gone into the business together. We're literally childhood friends. We've known each other since we we're 11 years old and we've just gone through multiple hair journeys together. And it just brought us to the stage where we just thought, look, why isn't there enough offering for people of colour, especially those that like to wear their hair in an afro or curly sort of styles? There isn't much choice. And um, as we were sort of going through the journey and doing our focus group, we found a fundamental problem, which was the sustainability element when it comes to synthetic hair extensions. Nobody was talking about this. And in fact, to our surprise, pretty much, you know, 95% of consumers don't recycle their hair extensions. And so we needed to do something about that. So we part our experiences as black women, consumers wearing hair extensions ourselves to launching the business and offering the very first recyclable synthetic hair uh, solution to the UK market. But in terms of hair extensions, you can go down one of two routes historically, which is the human hair or synthetic hair uh, route. We found that with human hair, while it's probably less damaging to the environment, the problem is that the origins of said human hair can be a little bit dubious. And we didn't want to really involve ourselves in that side of things. So we firmly planted ourselves on the synthetic side. But along with the synthetic side of things, there is obviously an environmental issue, which is ultimately that synthetic hair is plastic fibres, which are typically very difficult to recycle. So we wanted to, as well as supply synthetic hair extensions and allow our customers to be able to wear styles that allow them to switch up their styles as often as they felt like it, we felt it was our responsibility to really offer a solution as well. Um, So we launched alongside our um, initial collection, we launched our recycling scheme, which is an opt-in scheme where customers can purchase their hair extensions and then we give them the option to basically accumulate some points by joining our recycling scheme. When they're done with their hair extensions, they send them back to us and we make sure that they are recycled and not disposed of in landfill. So that means that the life cycle of those fibres is extended and it's not just a single use plastic situation, but we're incentivizing our customers as well to say, hey, you know, if you shop with us, we'll give you discounts, you know, we'll recognize your loyalty in different ways. You'll have access to exclusive offers, but at the same time, you're doing your bit and you're not just adding to the growing environmental issue. I love the fact you're you're kind of incentivizing them to recycle and you're tackling both the problem of how you're going to make the product that you're selling, but also tackling the problem of what do people do with the product they've already got. Yes. But then then you've kind of like within the first two years, you've gone, actually, let's do a plant-based version <laughs> as well. So most yeah. people in the first couple of years of their startup would just go hell for leather with the one. So what led you to decide that you were going to go we need to become plant-based too. So we had such a positive response, to be honest, to our recycling initiative. Um, We had a lot of people, we've had a lot of people, and we still have people saying to us, even now, two years in, I can't believe that that this didn't exist before. And, um, you know, I can't believe that I've been throwing my hair away all these years and I've just put it in the bin and I haven't given it a second thought. And we were amongst that number for many years as well. So, you know, it's definitely quite, I suppose, surprising that something hasn't been done before. And I think 
the reason that something hasn't been done before is one of the things I said earlier about the fibers themselves actually being really hard to recycle. We kind of thought that, you know, there are people, therefore, that are really quite empowered by what we're doing and really want to do more if they can. Um, the other thing that I would mention as well is that sometimes, not in every case, but sometimes synthetic hair has a coating on it that is there to make it silky and luxurious and, you know, as much like human hair as it could be. But the problem with that coating is that some people experience quite severe scalp irritation from what is contained in that coating. So there was a, a sort of almost physical need to make a change as well, because there are people that are experiencing scalp irritation. I know Carol has experienced it herself and it's it's unpleasant. And it means that for that subset of people, and it's you know a sizable proportion, they can't actually wear these hair extensions at all. So we felt like, well, let's open up our product range to incorporate people that A, want to do even better by going for a plant-based option, but B, those who have previously been excluded and can't use synthetic hair extensions for, for you know reasons of scalp irritation, etc. So we started talking to a supplier, we started doing some research, we'd heard about banana and pineapple fibers being used for uh, production of clothes and um, you know rugs and bags and baskets and things like that in certain parts of the world. Um, and we also noticed through our research that the hair very much resembles, sorry, the fibers very much resemble hair when they're first harvested. So it kind of seemed like a bit of a no-brainer to kind of explore it with our supplier, work with them. And, and we're currently in the process of some R&D, which is really exciting, um, and trying to get the products as perfect as possible. So that's how it came about. And isn't it fascinating? So we just keep realizing again and again and again is that you, by making a sustainable choice, it's often a better choice for more than just the planet. And in this case, it doesn't irritate your head, which yeah. has to be <laughs> a big win um, alongside, you know, there's it's often so many extra good things that come alongside that. And yeah. as well as, you know, having... Um, really embrace that sustainability angle in your business. You're also very passionate about the fact you're a black owned business selling products for people with black hair. Yes, in, in, indeed. I mean, uh, hair is more than just hair when it comes, when we you know within the black hair community, it's a, it's a, it's more, it's more like a cultural identity. So, you know, we, we embody our personality through our hair and we are so lucky to be able to kind of sort of, uh, you know, shape shift with our hair, so to speak. So one moment we can have long braids, literally to you know the, to our to the floor. The next we can have a crop pixie style. It's that versatile, and it really signifies art and beauty and and history, so to speak. So it's very much a way of life in the black community when it comes to hair, hair and hair extensions is part of that. And so we wanted to kind of sort of really celebrate this aspect when it comes to black hair and what the cultural identity means for us. Some of us, you know, are generations in when it comes to being black British. And we felt that we needed a place to kind of be able to recognize our authenticity, especially when it comes to wearing Afro and curly hair extensions. And so we've literally Named each and every one of our hairstyles after a bygone African queen to really celebrate that. So um, just, just before that, let me mention that Tiwani Heritage 
is a, is from the Yoruba language. It basically means it's our heritage. It belongs to us. So we really wanted to celebrate the fact that many of us are, you know, Black British, we're generations in, and we believe that, you know, our hair, you know, it signifies of who we are. And it's also part of mainstream beauty. And so we really wanted to reclaim that space and also be viewed in that respect when it comes to the ideals of British uh, beauty. And have you found, you know, that your customer base, I know you're only, you know, a, a short term into the business, but you finding that they're responding really well to the black owned message? Are they responding well to the British message? Are they responding well to the fact, you know, of how you've you've gone down the sustainable route? What are you finding are the messages that get the customers buying? I think all of the above, really. I think um, it just kind of so happened, you know, we, we launched in 2020, which obviously was the year of COVID, but also there was a huge reawakening of the whole Black Lives Matter movement. So I think that massively just coincided with our launch. And it meant that people were much more conscious, again, of their buying habits and supporting small businesses and supporting Black-owned businesses um, in our particular case. I think as well, the the sustainability and the recycling piece, I mentioned that, you know, it's been quite a huge educational piece for a lot of our customers. A lot of people just hadn't really thought about where their hair extensions end up after they've used them. Um, I was one of those people for many years as well. So I think it's just been really exciting to just hear about hear about um, what we're doing and the fact that we're trying to do something different. And then lastly, I would say that um, particularly again in the black hair community, I think historically we have looked to America for trends and you know what looks good and styles and then the next big thing and i think what's exciting about our brand to our customer base here is that we are while we are admiring and very much on a par with what we see happening in america we're also trying to carve out our own path here um and you know being black british is is a big part of that in the sustainability space i mean i've only been in it i've been in it for less time than you guys have about about twelve about twelve months we're talking okay. now since I had my you know come to God moment as it were um, and or come to Gaia I suppose we should say but anyway <laughs> let's not go too deep down into that but I found the I mean the e-commerce space in general is usually quite collaborative and friendly the sustainability space is a whole another level of friendly but both those communities are heavily white dominated. Um, in the UK at least. Is that something you've found to be um, an opportunity, to be a problem? Is it something you found? Yes. Um, yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, only because I, I, I thought Carol was going to jump in, so I was trying to give her a, a chance. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think, you know, you don't often see people that look like us in these spaces. I would say more so on the sustainability and environmental side of things um, than anything else. It's definitely a little bit more unusual to see to see people like us. But, you know, I think what's really important is that in order to evoke any kind of behavioral change, I think representation is so, so key. So I think as much as it might be unusual. I think it's very much a good thing. I think, um, you know, seeing us spreading the message, message that we're spreading, having the conversations that we are, I think is really important for our customer base to recognize themselves in us, perhaps. Carol and I like to think we're very relatable. So we hope that people will see that, you know, we're just like them and, and they'll see that they could potentially make a difference as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And just to follow on from Lola, you know, we're at the process of seeking um, investment. And we know that the stats show that, you know, women and in particular women of colour are the least funded when it comes to, you know, e-commerce. So there isn't a lot of examples out there, but we are we are getting there. And um, we can name a couple of brands that have done extremely well. And they've been, you know, they're black owned and um, and they and they are also in the hair care industry. Um, and I just think that now is the time to kind of sort of, you know, ramp things up and and, sh- and showcase that we're here and we're doing great things. And um, our customers definitely believe in what we're doing. And um, they're, you know, we're storytelling, basically, and we're taking them on the on the journey with us, which is a great thing. I always find it quite fascinating. I'm a I'm a confirmed bootstrapper of businesses, you know, which part, I mean, I don't have to buy stock. So it's an awful lot easy to bootstrap when you're doing what I do. But I always find it fascinating that decision that, st- that startups make, the people in yourselves, in your position make, of whether or not you're going to go for funding or you're going to bootstrap. So what led you guys to head down that funding route? <laughs> yeah, so Lola and I have bootstrapped the business since inception. And at the time, we had just had our, our babies, uh, literally within weeks apart. And, you know, we were doing, you know, the the, 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 the brand part time while I was on maternity leave. And then we had to go back to work at some point. And so the business, although we were getting, you know, lots of interest and lots of followers, everything that was literally coming through the door, you know, in the door was literally going back out again. And we have to think about stock. We have to think about marketing. So there's a lot of sort of outgoing cost. And if you're not doing it full time, it can slip away from you. So we decided decided actually we're going to quit our day jobs we're going to go for it full time and in order to do that we need to get funding we need to get cash injection because interestingly we've seen that 54% of our footfall is coming from America is actually coming from outside of the UK and so wow. there is a massive demand and we're not able to scale in America just yet because we don't have the right funds the right infrastructure in place to be able to do that so that was the conscious decision to think now is the time to start fund, uh, fundraising in order to sort of scale and and scale and scale globally so that's really the reason behind it it strikes me you've got um with all the, you know, from the customer research you did, finding this untapped opportunity in the market, there's a huge, a huge opportunity to go after, which, you know, and I can't believe you're 54% of the traffic's already coming from the States. Yeah. That is a, that's a big indicator, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's so interesting. We've looked at our website stats and, you know, we've had to like double, triple check because we're like, really? Like, you know, are, are that many people that go to our website coming from the States? That's really yeah. interesting. Yes. So, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. In, in, clearly a reason why you know getting the funding makes sense to accelerate that journey um so what what are you most excited about about what's coming up for what's left of this year and, and into 2023 oh there's a lot going on and it's 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 all exciting um i think probably one of the things that that excites me the most is the plant-based collection because we really we've coined it. I know it's not necessarily our own bespoke term, but we've coined it a bit of a a bit of a game changer. Um, only in the sense that you know, as we've described, it's it's such a different product. Um, what we love about the plant-based collection is that there isn't any need for any sort of recycling piece. So ultimately, once the customers have used their plant-based hair, they literally can just throw it out in their household compost. 
and it takes about six months to biodegrade and it's it's that simple so it's a much simpler model i think as well you know it's a real game changer for those people that have the uh, scalp irritation that we described earlier on as well just the fact that for many of them for many women that have wanted to maybe braid their hair or, or do whatever style and they haven't been able to due to the irritation that they've experienced just the fact that we're now able to include them in our number and in, in our sort of growing family if you like so yeah that's that's really exciting and just the opportunity to to scale the business to to where we want it to be um if we're able to secure our investment then you know that's really exciting as well yes and we've just literally finished um, a national ad campaign courtesy of jc deco and um, adobe express and we're one of the competition winners and it meant that our winning ad was featured in, uh, you know, on over 100 billboards all across the UK. And we saw that our, you know, our following went up by about 30 percent just from those ad campaigns, which was really, really amazing to see. And so we're really looking forward to growing our community, especially going down the crowdfunding route. Part of it is to sort of, you know, get people on board, get people hyped about the plant based offering, but also our recycling initiative. And so we, as I said, we're really bringing people on a journey of following us from the beginning and seeing where we end up, because this is such an exciting space. I mean, the industry alone is worth $83 billion, uh, set to reach 88, sorry, $88 billion next year. So it's, it's, a, it's a huge market and we just want to continue that storytelling and bring our followers along on the journey. E-commerce Master Plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Do you want more traffic to your online store and to increase your sales? Yoast SEO, the most used SEO tool in the world, is here to help you do just that. It's your personal coach for writing product descriptions that rank high in the search engines. And it takes care of your technical SEO automatically. With Yoast SEO installed on your Shopify or WooCommerce site, you will increase your chances on rich results, quickly optimize your meta tags and beat your competitors. I use Yoast to improve the SEO across all our websites. And you can join me now and install Yoast SEO for Shopify or WooCommerce today. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash Yoast to sign up. That's ECMP for e-commerce master plan dot info forward slash Y O A S T. So ECMP dot info forward slash Y O A S T. Okay, everyone, I have an awesome piece of tech to tell you about. Do you want to maximize your margins? Make sure you convert deal hungry customers, clear out your overstocks with the minimum margin hit and get that cash back in the bank account fast? Well, then you should be deploying Nibble. Nibble is a super cool AI negotiation chatbot that you can use to improve conversion rates and increase margins. It's super customizable, so you can deploy it where and when you want, and it's always on brand. Visit ecmp.info forward slash nibble to have a chat with Nibble yourself and see it in action. That's ecmp.info forward slash n-i-b-b-l-e. They've been seeing margin savings of 27% for existing clients and have free trials available for all of their plans. Try it yourself at ecmp.info forward slash nibble, then click the pricing or get in touch tabs to improve your margins now. 
It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, so, so far we've been pretty big picture and talked about some big old topics. In this section, we're going to dive down to give the listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Lola and Carol, are you ready for the top tips? (laughs) Bring them on. Yes, yes. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? So... I think my answer to this question is probably a slightly cheat answer because it's not actually a book I've read yet. But the only reason I haven't read it is because it's only just come out (laughs) and I haven't (laughs) had a chance. (laughs) But from what I know of it, I think it sounds like a great read. So um, we talked about the fact that, you know, um, black business is often uh, very overlooked when it comes to funding. So uh, the entrepreneur... Eric Collins, I don't know whether you've heard of him, actually has a book that he's literally released. I think it was on Friday of last week, so very early September. And it was basically, it's the, the book is called We Don't Need Permission. And it's basically from what I've understood of what I've read and what I've watched when he's been talking about the book. Um, it's all about the fact that I think there's a lot of fear in amongst black founders around coming up with a business idea and putting it out there. And I just love the fact that he's he's put together this book, which is all about encouraging um, the community to, you know, if you've got a good idea, you know, go for it, put it out there, see where it takes you. Um, don't be afraid of failure. And I love all of those messages because they're definitely messages that I think we needed to hear when we first started. And then, you know, he, he taps into some really interesting stats around, you know, who gets funded firstly um, amongst the, uh, the, the community as a whole, but then he drills it down into well, how much funding goes to black founders. And then he drills it down to how much funding goes to black female founders. And it's actually quite pitiful. I think it was normal. 0.2% or something when we when we looked at the stats. So I just think it sounds like a great read. I'm really excited to read it myself. And I think it will give anyone that push and that encouragement to go for it if they've got an idea. Well, that's an awesome title for a book, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And um, Lola, uh, as you mentioned, we are recording this in September when the book came out and it's going live in November. So my challenge to you is to read it by the time this goes live. I promise and mention I will. It. <laughs> and we'll mention your take in some of the social media posts. Okay. <laughs> the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Yeah, that's another interesting one because my answer to this, and others might disagree, but my answer to this would actually be a bit of a back to basics answer. Um, I think that social media is obviously brilliant for business in terms of getting your name out there, in terms of attracting attention. Particularly, Instagram has probably been our main vehicle, I would say, since we started. Um, And it's definitely been great for us, don't get me wrong. But I think the experiences of some of our fellow founders that we've seen, um, and just based on kind of response that we've seen as well to our different marketing channels, I actually think that mailing lists, which are so kind of basic and almost feel a bit prehistoric when you think about the other stuff that's out there, just an email mailing list can be really, really effective. And I do feel like it's a little bit underrated, but we get great responses, click rates, opens to our mailing list um, marketing. And while it's perhaps less interactive and less sort of exciting than maybe a you know an Instagram reel or, or whatever it might be, I just feel like it's really solid. I feel like... Um, you know, people typically have subscribed to your mailing list because they want to hear from you. Um, and of course, you can say the same for someone following you on Instagram. But 
Instagram and the other social media channels are so filled with new content from loads of different people. Most people have followed or signed up to follow, you know, so many more people than they have actually signed up to mailing lists. So I feel like things get very diluted very quickly um, as a result on social media. So yeah, definitely, I think a mailing list is is often an overlooked, valuable vehicle to to really reach your customer base. Well, you are preaching to the converted in my in my arena, but I'm really <laughs> hoping you've convinced some of the rest of the audience to to take more attention to their email too. Uh, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working is the cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient day to day. And I believe you guys have got two answers to this. So Carol, we'll come to you first. Yeah, so my tool top tip is uh, repost. I absolutely love that app. Um, you know, for us, you don't have to kind of sort of say different things or give different messages across all your social media platforms, whether it being Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or even your own personal LinkedIn profile. As long as you're, you know, saying the same message to different audiences, your your audience will know exactly what's going on. And so repost really allows us to kind of sort of cheat a little bit by sort of spreading that message on using one, one app, but posting it in different different uh, social uh, streams. So for me, that is a really clever uh, app to kind of sort of just engage with your audiences wherever they, they are in the social media realm. Anything that saves time on social, I am a fan of. Um, Lola, what's your tool top tip? So yeah, I would say um, as well as trying to remain relevant and say interesting things to your audience you also want particularly when it comes I guess this is more to do with sort of Instagram um, and and you know maybe TikTok and, and the other more visual platforms I feel like sometimes you get stuck in a bit of a rut around the way your content looks and you often want it to look well you always want it to look good and you want it to be attractive visually as well as obviously saying something of substance so um, I've found that um, we've, I've been using Adobe Express a lot more recently which is you know there are other platforms out there similar to it but uh, what I like about Adobe Express is it's, it's super easy to use um, it has some really great free templates that look really nice and, you know, can then be taken into other platforms and manipulated and and sort of, you know, look really fresh. So, yeah, I just think, you know, using those sorts of programs is actually really effective. Don't always feel like you need to start from scratch because if you're like me, then, you know, graphic design isn't necessarily your forte. So you need all the help you can get. Yeah. Anything that saves time on graphic design is a good tool too. Okay. The last one then, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Definitely accelerator program. For us, we have literally seen a change in the way we see business the way we manage our business. And also we are so much more credible as founders because we know exactly what we're talking about. Um, And so for us, if you want to see growth, you need to invest in yourself first and foremost. And so by going on an accelerator course, we've literally just done the um, collective impact course, which is done by Virgin Startup and Crowdcube. And it's a six weeks program. And we literally got top insights from investors, um, 
uh, industry experts. And I can say to you that when we first went into that course, we did feel like imposters. We really did. And now having come at it from the other end, we are so more well-equipped. And from that, we are able to now apply the knowledge that we've learned into our business. And I can even go as far as saying that we are even started to sound like investors because we can now talk the talk and speak the language. So definitely sort of invest in yourself first. Go onto platforms like Virgin Startup who give you the tools to kind of sort of help you to win and to grow your business from the 100 to 1000. Isn't it guaranteed because you have to do the work, but at least the tools are there to get you to get you there. Well, congrats on doing the accelerator. And was it as exhausting as I assume being in an accelerator is? It was all, it was all consuming too. Yeah, they're, they're, I would say they're pretty intense. I mean, it's not impossibly so, but just, you know, I think you do need a lot of time to focus and um, you need time to kind of reflect on what you've learned as well. Because if you're anything like we were going into it, it's quite a steep learning curve. Um, and there's quite a few things that, you know, you start out and it's all a bit fuzzy and, you know, eventually it becomes clear as you as you progress through. So, yeah, they, they can be quite intense in terms of time, but, you know, absolutely worth every moment. Yeah. And also uh, the biggest takeaway for us is you're, you're there with other founders who are doing something similar or have had, you know, uh, experience, you know, and you literally are in a community of like-minded people. So if you have, if you, if you're stuck on something like trying to generate more sales, you can, you can tap into that community because you guarantee that there's somebody that's done it and knows how to do it. They've made their mistakes and they can tell you the pitfalls to avoid. So for us, it's really that community that we've been able to tap into that has been able to kind of sort of get us to this point today. So definitely tap into a community of founders that can kind of sort of help you grow. Don't do it alone because it is, it's is—it's—it's a journey. It's not a race. Excellent advice. Okay, Lola and Carol, before we all say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Yeah, so people can find us at, at Tiwani Heritage, T-I-W-A-N-I, H-E-R-I-T-A-G-E across all major socials. And you can find us at tiwaniheritage.com for our website. Excellent. Well, look, guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure um, kind of shining a light on your progress, learning about your progress and sharing it even with the audience. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. What fascinating guests. I mean, we covered some really, really big topics there, Um, you know, especially around, I mean, I can't believe they have already redeveloped a brand new product, you know, the the plant-based hair extensions when they've only just really started off with the recycle. But if the customer wants it, the customer wants it, if the opportunity is there. And it's going to be fascinating to see how they go over the next couple of years with that the injection of cash that they're currently raising to then take advantage of that huge interest from the States. Definitely one to watch. Now, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or use our director episode links. That's ecmp.info forward slash episode number to take you straight to the correct page. Once you get to the website, please do add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. 
And if you liked this episode, you can check out all our startup episodes via ecmp.info forward slash startup. Thank you for tuning into this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the e-commerce master plan podcast. I hope you have an excellent week and don't forget to keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast. If you're marketing an e-commerce brand, you already know that data changes everything. More data means more power. And if your email or SMS tools can't handle all that data, they're probably holding you back. That's where Clavio comes in. It's top-notch personalization and segmentation help you send the right message at the right time, guided by unlimited real-time data from your online store and tech stack. Request a demo at clavio.com forward slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan.